You still have to get it done at the time that it really counts, which we have not managed to do. It's the first time that you could genuinely say that there is a chance that we could be World Cup champions. Subscribe to the Rugby Stream on the OTB Sports app now. The News Round on Off The Ball. With Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave for your money back. Neon Night Edition, available now. Now then, you're very welcome along. Sunday's off the ball. It's a busy show. The Allianz Football League's reached their conclusion this afternoon. Promotion, relegation to be decided. We'll be at Crow Park very shortly with Paddy Andrews, where Louth are taking a shot at history. Updates from around the grounds all afternoon. Sunday paper review is live at two o'clock. Shane Keegan and Andy McGeady will be in studio. Meanwhile, ahead of France at the Aviva Stadium tomorrow, fresh from their 4-0 win against the Netherlands. We will chat to Philippe Beauclair after four. A Women's Six Nations review with Alison Miller from 4.45. It was not good in Cardiff yesterday, unfortunately. And then five o'clock, Colin Boyle, four times an all-star with Mayo, will be here in studio to reflect on the final day of the Football League. It's 53106, the text number. We're at Off The Ball on Twitter. Aidan here in studio. Afternoon. Afternoon. Anne-Marie, hello. Hi, Joe. So uh, let's get into it then. Paddy Andrews will join us from Crow Park uh, very shortly. It is the finale of the Allianz Football Leagues. Where are we is the uh, short question. The final round of games in the Allianz National Football League take place this afternoon. Mayo, we know, are already through to the final and they welcome Monaghan to Castle Bar in Division 1. A win here for the visitors. Should Tyrone beat Armagh and Oma, would see Monaghan avoid relegation, which they have done so on the last day, the last two consecutive years. Kieran McGinney's side... Armagh would go down if those two results were to play out like that. Elsewhere then, Donegal, who are relegated barring a mathematical miracle, take on Roscommon at Dr Hyde Park. And then at the other end of the table, Galway welcome Kerry to Pierce Stadium. The winner of that advances to the final. All of those games throw in at a quarter to two. And uh, Dublin Loud then, we will be, like I said, across to Paddy Andrews very shortly. As Extraordinary what's happening in loud football at the moment. A point would be enough to take the Dublin footballers back up to the top tier. But the fairy tale I think most of us want to see is Mickey Hart's Loud winning today at Croke Park as they would become the first side ever in history to secure three consecutive promotions. That gets underway at two o'clock. At the same time in that division, Clare hosts Limerick, Kildare entertain Meath and it's Cork and already promoted Derry at Porky Cueve. It is a long way now from 2020 when Louth were relegated to Division 4. They hadn't won a game in Division 3. It was looking grim, to say the least. And Mickey Hart, along with Gavin Devlin, who's um, receiving much of the plaudits as well, has done a remarkable job. Peter Fitzpatrick, the chairman, according to Conor Grimes, is looking after the players brilliantly. Training, nutrition, S&C. He even mentioned things like dressing rooms, food. Everything has been covered. And they would be the first team in history to go from Division 4 straight through to Division 1. That said, Dublin at Crow Park, this would be getting into real fairy tale story territory. It's unlikely, but they've done remarkably well either way. 
It certainly is, yeah. Listen, I mean, I remember Louth coming down to Division 4 playing my own Wexford for a couple of games and uh, they didn't seem like a team that was on the up then, but uh, we had Colin Kelly on the show yesterday and he was talking about his time in charge. He led them through two different promotions up to Division 2 Didn't and unfortunately didn't make that step up to Division 1 then, but there's always kind of this boom and bust in Louth football for the last little while, but there has been some good work done in development squads and, and just having that kind of technical nous, I suppose, and getting somebody in with that experienced head like Mickey Hart who can you know rise players from you know the, the depths really and bring them to you know big games like this in Crow Park they certainly won't have any fear coming into this game and we know that Dublin haven't really been up to their their usual standards they've been making some you know uncharacteristic errors I would say but you know this is the league they were never going to be at peak position just yet but everybody thought that they might blow Division 2 away and it's been Derry who have been the real kind of story for Division 2 so it's great to see that there's you know still a battle going into this final day and it's not a foregone conclusion by any search No lots of questions to be decided across all four divisions yeah, and as well as that, in Division 1 of the Lidl Ladies National Football League, Donegal host Mayo in a winner-takes-all relegation shootout. Elsewhere, Galway faced Kerry at Tume Stadium. Both of those counties are already qualified for the final and Dublin meet Waterford in a dead rubber. All of those games are underway at 2 o'clock. The Cavan Ladies football team, meanwhile, say it's with deep regret that they have decided not to fulfil their Division 2 league fixture against Tyrone today. That's over an ongoing dispute over expenses with the county board. The game was due to take place in Newtown Stewart this afternoon, but with no resolution, they have decided to pull out. It's believed a charter was negotiated between the players and the county board in January. Today's statement from the team said that positive engagement was not backed up by action and there's been no reply as of yet from the county board. Yeah, this has been brewing because several of the players went on a Cavan GA podcast to almost apologetically uh, discuss the situation and they were saying things like we're just looking for the bare minimum. They said we're not even looking for equality with the men's team because I think that's unrealistic when they were talking about uh, preparation standards. We're just looking for the minimum was very much their line and they did apologise and, you know, it's kind of grim when you hear that tone Um, when they they are looking for basics and they're talking about expenses and uh, training gear and player welfare issues. So uh, it had seemed like conversations were happening and they were going in the right direction. But this statement would suggest all is not well, to say the least. Yeah. And just on the podcast, the captain went on there and the tone was really apologetic. And it's unfortunate because they haven't let anybody down here. It's them who's been let down. And like you say, they're not even looking for a level playing field. It's just the basics. And their manager had to pay for a bus out of his own pocket, it's believed, to a Dublin game just a few weeks ago. So, you know, it's just such basic stuff here. And it's it's frustrating that a day when there's so much, obviously, ladies football on, that this is what we're talking about again. There is a big hurling match. Yeah, Kilkenny welcome Cork to Nolan Park this afternoon. That's for their Division 1 National Hurling League semi-final. Throw-in is at four o'clock with the winner facing Limerick in the decider. A Peter Casey goal last night saw them beat Tipperary 128 to 25 points. That was at the Gaelic grounds. Here's Limerick manager John Kiley afterwards. Like these guys have a lot under their belt over the last seven years. So, you know, it's... It comes quicker to them, you know. It's not like a, a younger player coming in that needs to establish themselves with lo- longer periods of time. So I think, you know, you, 
we could see a noticeable uptick over the last three weeks and they're improving week to week so we'll go back and look for more improvement next week and the week after that's where we're after listen one thing we know is it's going to be a really tough game and uh, you know from our point of view it's something for us to walk towards now over the next two weeks. Listen, I think both, both sets of supporters really enjoyed the game. It was a proper game of hurling. Both sides went at it. Uh, you know, there was no quarter asked to given. And I think that's what people are looking for, you know, quality games. And there was some fantastic period, passages of play, some fantastic scores taken. Meanwhile, Tipperary's attention now must turn to the Munster Championship, which they didn't get out of last year. Manager Liam Cahill, who's in his first year in the job, spoke to Stephen Gleeson for us after the game and said there are positives to take out of the defeat. Tough game, uh, you know, happy enough with our first half performance. Obviously, Limerick then took over there for the majority of the second half and, uh, you know, a lot to learn from it. Yeah, you really matched them in the first half at a very good start. Everything was going well, um, but they came out strong at the start of the second half. But uh, I suppose there is plenty there to, to take from tonight. Uh, yeah, there was a lot of positives from, from our point of view. A lot of the younger players again in a, in a you know real first intense game down here in Limerick again. The All Ireland champions came through with you know in fairly flying colours. So lots of positives around that side of it for for, for me and 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 this squad in particular few things to work on but a lot of positives yeah. first day learning we have a good block of training to do now between now and, and Ennis uh, the 27th of, of April so we look forward to that and roll our sleeves up and get back onto the field and get going A sigh of relief all round good intense hurling game in the league Yeah and I got so excited at half time that perhaps somebody was going to match it up to Limerick and Tipperary were absolutely brilliant in that first 35 minutes from the minute the ball was thrown in as you say there was an intensity um, and there was absolutely like they were just absolutely going at it it was end to end really good hurling on show but a physicality as well to it and particularly Jason Ford for uh, Tipperary he led for them and then I really did think that perhaps a bit of a surprise was on the cards but Limerick just came out all guns blazing in the second half whatever Kylie said to smarten them up at half time and Keane Lynch scored probably the point of the night in the first few minutes of the second half and kind of you just got a sense from that and how he celebrated it that Limerick were going to kick on and win it but as Cahill said there there are positives to take from it and I think looking at last night and looking how far Tipperary have come I know it's only the league but I think I think that game with Clare the first week of the championship has just become a lot more interesting. Tipperary, probably after Clare and Limerick, may have the most say in the Munster Championship. I know Cork probably would be aggrieved to hear that, but Tipperary definitely, more so than last year, are going to be there. Women's Six Nations continues. Yeah, today it is Italy hosting France in Parma from three o'clock. Ireland opened their campaign with a 31 point to five defeat to Wales at Cardiff Arms Park yesterday afternoon. Really disappointing this. Captain Nicola Friday said their own errors let them down as the hosts ran in four tries to clinch a bonus point win. Ireland didn't score in that first half. Friday got the consolation consolation try for them after half time. She said after the game that although it's not the result they wanted, they can't overdwell on it. We're disappointed, but we'll pick ourselves back up and build. We have a huge match against France next week. Um, that first, like we knew that Wales were going to come out firing in that first half. They capitalised on, on our, our errors and we let them build into the game and we, we could have avoided some of those things. And 
I think the second half we came much, out much stronger and showed a bit of more what we're about and, and we'll take pride from that but there's a, a big week for us next week to fix those wrongs and kind of make sure that we're hitting the ground running next week when we get back together there'll be lots of learning for us there but there was there was parts of it that were quite positive as well and I think for us as a pack that scrum to get scrum penalties against us in that first half to then turn it around and problem solve on the pitch and come away with some of our own penalties and become dominant in that area it's, it shows a real grit amongst the squad and I'm proud of the girls for that and there's other areas that we'll work on and continue to work on but there is a good core group of players there that we can build on off this and we'll turn our disappointments into hopefully positives in next week next week doesn't get easier with France coming to Musgrave Park it was a very inexperienced Irish team there was an average of seven caps in the starting 15 and four caps per player average off the bench only Nicola Friday who we just heard there and Linda de Jugang have 20 plus caps apiece and it's going to be very difficult now for Ireland to even aspire to finish third which would ensure them playing in the top tier of the world XV later in the year, this competition that's going to bring the the best of women's rugby together. So third in the Six Nations required to make the top tier there. Ireland unlikely now to make it. So I think we're in for the long haul here. There's going to be a slow build and there are going to be some uh, tough afternoons ahead, not least because England yesterday put 58 points on a decent Scotland side and Ireland will have to play Scotland away. They'll have to play England at home. They'll have to play Italy away. Italy are improving as well, so it's tricky. Ireland avoided the wooden spoon with the last-minute kick against Scotland last season. I suspect wooden spoon is uh, something to be avoided again. Is is frankly where the aspirations might be. Yeah, we were chatting about this on the show yesterday, and I was trying to look for the positives and say that you know these nine uncapped players coming in, they won't have the the kind of hangover of the past and. And it certainly showed up the lack of experience that they had there yesterday, just not really able to get their hands on the ball, not really able to put any passing moves together. And I do think you look at this Wales team and that should be a team that we should be aspiring to get to. I mean, France and England are are miles away from us, really. But we can be as good as the France, uh, as the Wales and the Scotlands of this world. As you say, we we beat Scotland last year. So uh, there's definitely a, a chance to kind of get some experience into these legs and you know it's not going to be a, an overnight solution but hopefully in years to come there will be um, some you know positive results ahead Yeah well you would cling to the fact that Wales turned professional last year Yeah Ireland beat them 45 nil two years ago Wales turned professional last year uh, they beat Ireland at the RDS but there's, there's a very clear marked improvement in the Wales that we saw at the RDS last year and the Wales that we saw yesterday so if you're clinging to some kind of hope Ireland are a year behind them in terms of professionalism so it might be a year in the waiting. We'll see. There was URC last night as well. Very dramatic. Yeah, Ulster's Tom Stewart said he was pretty happy with his performance after he scored a hat-trick and was named player of the match in their 32-23 defeat of the Bulls in the URC. That was at Kingspan Stadium. Despite a second-half comeback, Munster lost out to Glasgow by 26-38. But it did, they did pick up a four-try bonus point. They also hadn't scored at half-time. Connacht, meanwhile, then eased past Edinburgh 41-26 at the sports ground. Uh, meanwhile, the golf has been uh, really, really good. Uh, people had fallen out of love with the match play event in recent years, and I think it's, it's off the calendar now uh, for the foreseeable. I suspect it will be back on relatively soon. But this week has been exceptional, largely thanks to... McElroy doing his thing as well. 
That's right. And McElroy is into today's semi-finals of the WGC Match Play Championship. That's in Austin, Texas. He beat Xander Schufle with a 15-foot put on the 18th green overnight. And he'll take on American Cameron Young from 20 past three Irish time. World number one Scotty Scheffler is also through. That's after he beat Australia's Jason Day. And he faces fellow American Sam Burns later on. On the LPGA Tour, Meanwhile, Leona Maguire is nine under par ahead of the final round of the Drive-On Championship in Arizona. That leaves the Cavan native, who is the defending champion, seven shots off the lead. Stephanie Meadow will also tee off from nine under later on. Did you see McElroy's drive two nights ago? Oh, yeah, incredible. (laughs) Because he'd been having trouble all year with his driver. Couldn't get a driver he liked. And apparently it's not as simple as saying, well, just give me a replica. They're far more delicate and temperamental about these things. So we've been struggling. Uh, found a new driver this week. Loves it. And drove the green, which was 340 yards carry. Pin was 375 yards. And rolled it to within four or five feet of the pin. Put it very well yesterday as well. And apparently at Augusta, on a practice round with Shane Larry uh, last week, he was exceptionally good. Was the so. driver the last piece of the jigsaw? Yeah, I mean, like... It, so he's 100%. <laughs> <laughs> he was great last year. He just had to get, he needed a new driver. His old driver was in danger of going outside the regulations. It had mm-hmm. become, become too trampoline is what they say. So you have to have certain parameters in the driver. So he had to get a new driver and that was proving tricky. So now that he is that sorted and the fact that he put it well this week, he's a new putter in the bag this week, which set off an alarm bell for me I have to say it was quite late in the day to change a putter after being brilliant with his other putter all of last year but he's put it well this week so um, yeah what the hell 100% 100% we'll say that he's no he's looking very good how far are we out two weeks I think so I think it's Easter yeah, Sunday Easter is, Sunday no, yeah Easter two Sunday, weeks yeah. I mean he's rarely had a better chance to put it that way and um, what's his sure. what's his history like in these match play events? Obviously, the Ryder Cup he's, he's been pretty decent. Yeah, good, good. He'd, uh, I think he's won one. Certainly, a couple of years ago, he had a big one with Lee Westwood. But yeah, no, yeah. he's good at everything. Yeah, it's, his record's pretty good. Everywhere. Do they play next week? Uh, so if they want, he's okay. not. There's the so Texas if he wins Open. today, and if he was to go on and win this in full, he'll go to Augusta. Off the back of off win. the back of winning. I think either way he'll pitch up at Augusta feeling very good. We can say that much. Um, so that's the golf. Loads of football on across the afternoon. Yes, more Euro 2024 qualifiers take place this evening as the international break continues. Northern Ireland will look to make it two wins from two in their qualifying campaign when they host Finland. That's tonight. They saw off San Marino with a 2-0 win in their Group H opener on Thursday. In Group C, meanwhile, England welcome Ukraine to Wembley while Malta face Italy. Ukraine go into the the game over a year on from Russia's illegal invasion of the country. Speaking this week, England manager Gareth Southgate says he doesn't feel this will provide any distraction, but rather have the opposite effect. Well, they're very proud. We saw that with um, right at the beginning of the war when they went to Scotland for the playoffs and uh, and Wales. They're a very proud group of players. You can see that totally committed to uh, bringing um, enjoyment to their um, to their public, and um, yeah, we, we we of course have huge sympathy with with what's going on and support 
for what's going on. But tomorrow's a game of football and um, we're, we're fully focused on trying to win the game. Just looking at Northern Ireland's yeah. group outside, oh my God, the difference between Northern Ireland's and the Republic of Ireland's group for these qualifiers. Can you imagine if we had gotten into Group H? Remind me who's in Group H. Well, they face Finland tonight and they beat San Marino. But they're in one of those six group qualifiers. So the top two go through automatically. The third automatically gets qualifier. The fourth still has the potential to get a qualifier group. Yeah. So we'd be in a lot of a better place. We sure would. Philippe Clare will join us after four o'clock to look ahead to the game tomorrow. France beat the Netherlands 4-0, I'm sure many of you saw on uh, Friday. So, uh, Any rumours of post-World Cup hangover or uh, Griezmann-Mbappe war definitely uh, weren't apparent on Friday night. So we'll talk to Philippe after four o'clock. Uh, that game live tomorrow, by the way, and off the ball, join us from seven. In the WSL this afternoon, there's three games down for decision and it looks like a bit of a shock is on the cards in the first one as it's Manchester City who lead champions Chelsea two goals to nil with 43 minutes on the clock. It is, should the result stay like this, it would be City who would finish the day second in the table. They'd leapfrog Emma Hayes' side and go level on points with Manchester United at the top of the table. At two o'clock then, Aston Villa are at home to Leicester City and at the same time, Reading take on Brighton. And racing today, finally? There is racing throughout the afternoon at Nace and Limerick. The feature in Limerick is the Grade 3 Novices Chase that is off at 25 minutes to four. The Noel Mead trained the Devils coachman is expected to go off the favourite there. Okay, and Marie Aiden, thanks very much. We're going to go to Crow Park next. The News Round on Off The Ball. With Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave for your money back. Neon Night Edition, available now.